0: Welcome to Tilt Talk Radio Today we have a special episode for you We're bringing in Bill Eberly with Christian Hansen To talk silage inoculant And so before we get to Bill We've got our usual characters here With me today are Max Garvey What's up everybody? Hey Hate all
1: the Tilties out there.
0: And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. So, without further ado, we'll bring in Bill Eberly. He's been a dairy farm manager, a John Deere salesman. He's been a connoisseur of Chinese buffets. And most recently, as I mentioned, he works with Christian Hansen as
2: a... What is your official title, My Bill? My official title is... Key account manager, been there for five years. This month, key account
0: manager. So he
2: is the key to
0: success for Christian Hansen?
2: undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. Yes, one point four billion dollar company, but it's, it's all, all built. It's all me, baby. Yes. Yep. No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm, no a great team of people there, but yes, world worldwide company. Yeah. No, we're glad to have you here and
0: appreciate it. I'm obviously, not your first rodeo with us here at Tilstock Radio. We had you on. It was earlier this year, I believe. So
2: Yeah, appreciate that. Had, had the chance to come talk some employee management stuff from my former years. And just want to point out that John Gazer, world-renowned consultant, probably has 100 published articles. I have, like, seven. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's recruited to speak all over the world on stuff. and You know, sometimes I get as far as, you know, Manitowoc. But, hey, I got to do the Tilt Talk podcast first. You're, you're right. You did, yeah. I did beat him to that, and now I, I, I'm the first one to do it twice. <laughs> so, recurring guest. Right. So remember, yes, yes. Yeah. So how uh, you like them apples, John Gazer? <laughs> <laughs> shots side, fired. <laughs> shots fired.
1: On a side note, John will be our guest next week.
0: Yes, so I beat him by <laughs> a week. I beat, all right.
2: No, I, I love working with John. He's a great guy. Great guy.
0: Yes, yeah, so are all seven with the Fond du Lac reporter of your published articles? <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, you no. got more
2: than seven. The <laughs> sevens <laughs>
0: had, are just the hordes already. Yeah, maybe so you're,
2: you're right. I had one in the Nutrient Management magazine. Oh, well. recently I did. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. we.
1: I feel like I should have seen this. I feel like in, you should yeah, have. Yeah. And I don't know that I have. Yeah. So.
3: It's summer. We don't read as much in the summer. Sure. I. I just said that to someone this week. They're like, "Did you see this?" I'm like, "Ask me about things in January, February. I probably have. July and August a little less. A little less on the reading."
2: Yeah, I, I spoke at the, the custom operators meeting in this winter and there, there was the writer from the magazine was there and, and she asked me to write an article. And so, yeah, it was about, um, um, I went to a bunch of the accounts that I work with and said, if you, had, if you had a chance to speak with the custom operators that you work with, what's the one thing you want them to understand, to get through? And they all said the same thing kind of, is that it doesn't matter what's on the side of your truck my neighbors my community only associate that truck with my farm so it might say bob's hauling on the side of it but really when there's an issue or there's a complaint nobody cares that it says bob's hauling it really says right they're not going to call bob right they're calling they to the call me yeah. yeah so it was a, it was a good yeah it was a good it was a good conversation and custom operators were a yeah, great bunch of guys and, and uh, yeah so I yeah, wrote a, wrote, a, wrote, a, wrote a little summary of that so she put that in the magazine. So that was was pretty cool. Not to get too far off track, but
0: what have you seen with custom operators? I feel like there's more leaving that
2: space than there are coming into that space right now. I think you're right, and I think it's something that we need to be aware of as an industry. Um, But I also see more owner-operators starting to sign on, and and I think that's going to be a good business model going forward, because uh, instead of our custom operators having to try to find another driver to sit in that semi. Um, we know what a trucking shortage we have, or trucker shortage we have, and uh, this way uh, a young guy can buy a truck and a tanker and sign on, and now it's his truck with his name on the side and his insurance and whatnot. So you'd like to think that that guy's going to be
0: more invested in more
2: invested yeah, in what's going absolutely. on and hope to get asked to come back to that job. Um, so I think that that model is changing. That maybe good, for the better Good point
1: but what do, what are those guys doing in the off season non manure
2: are they finding other truck yeah i think they're finding other they're trucking kind of, jobs some right. of them are from farms okay you know, some of yep. them well you know we, we yep. have a 500 cow dairy and, and we have the semi to haul for us so let's when we're not we're only using that 10 days out of the year let's sign on with the other operators the rest of the year and when we can go we can go and we can't we can't so yeah i think that's becoming the, the new model and
1: what do you think of the? Because I also see a lot more farms buying their own hauling equipment, especially when it comes to hosing equipment. Mm-hmm. And so far, I've seen that being a great success. That
0: I agree. They've yeah. There's been a return I, to doing some things yourself rather than right farming out everything. Not, not to be no pun intended farming out all your <clears throat>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> no, I, I I've yet to talk to anybody who's made that change and regretted it. Correct. And the
1: learning curve. There's a lot to learn right away, but once they got it, they're always going back to the same fields, and so it seemed you know because usually it's their fields they oh, run. Oh, I, I, I so, follow you. So they okay. they know how to kind of string it out. So yeah. you know, a, a good custom operator goes to a new field and plans out how they're gonna how we're gonna get there, how we do this. Well, it's just you do that play once, and now I got to run that play again. You know, two yeah. years from now when I do it, so it It seemed like you say i I have not heard of any regrets on that at
2: all i I, I agree as well as I think now it's as well as oh, I've got this forty acre wheat field that my neighbor took off. Well, I'm not going to call a custom operator to bring all the stuff out for that forty acres to set that whole thing up and whatever well yeah if you got if you got your own. Yeah, roll out the hose and let, let's right, get it cool. done. Yeah. So I think there's
1: the timing's been better. Yes. Yeah, yeah. When it's
2: time to go, it's time to go. Yeah, there's less yeah. waiting. And yeah. the the irony is uh, uh, the the custom operators themselves. I don't think, and they're they're not complaining. They're not they're they're, they're so in demand that they're like, right. oh, great, that's one less guy we got to take care of. There's plenty of I, other people, and a lot of times you even see the previous the guy that used to do the work right there with them, helping them get started. You're,
1: you're right. It's it's, it's yeah. a that, bizarre that was old, so, so much shocking is. You thought that competition would add a, a fresh aid in there? It's, it's <laughs> not. It's not a, 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 the opposites have been a relief. To yeah, the custom yeah, operators. The,
3: the the backside is then the the previous operator is now gonna do a couple less farms, charge a little bit more for everything, and be a lot less stressed out. You know, so yeah. It's actually working out really well, and they're they're totally okay. It seems like with oh, you need four trucks to kind of keep you guys rolling. That's fine. We got we can break four trucks off for you. We'll we'll get that get that going. So it's been. To me it looks really awesome so far um so far so far yeah yeah, so, far, yeah. Okay.
0: so before we get into talking inoculants any uh another aspect of your great legendary history is you are great a drummer legendary.
2: i am a drummer and, yes uh, a bit of any, an
0: any gigs lately
2: ironically yes uh um, played a festival um I'm just like the fill in guy in the area, so I don't wanna really commit to a band and have to practice every week and gig, you know, three times a month, so it's cool to just be a fill in guy for people to call. So
1: the fill in yeah. drummer's gotta be a special type of person. If you're a fill in so far okay. so good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
2: absolutely. yeah, it's it's uh it's it's stressful in the sense of you you know, you you gotta learn a lot of a whole bunch of music and then just play one or two shows sure, and, and then there. there's that. Um but yeah, then uh, you you're not committed. If you've got a family right. thing going on, well, I can't do it, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I played with uh, FBI and the Untouchable Horns last Saturday at a festival up in New London, and it was an absolute blast. I mean, those... Um, it's amazing the level of talent that's in some of the local bands. There's a lot of those people could could just jump on stage with any touring act in the country right now, and you'd never know. I mean, some of the most phenomenal musicians that you'll ever see are playing in the local clubs and festivals some some aren't but you know (laughs) some are just uh you know that 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 group that i that i get to play with um gordon spears from shiloh is the guitarist and he's the one that hooked me up as the as a relief guy and i mean i remember the the first rehearsal i did with those guys i went home and told my wife that i felt like i was on the set of saturday night live i mean it was just the way those guys play. Uh, the the trumpet player was a lifelong Air Force bugler. Oh, wow. Played for six presidents and in inaugurations in Arlington. And so, I mean, the guy is, is just...
3: Played a lot of taps.
2: He played a lot of taps. Yeah. Yeah. And just an unbelievable level of talent. So it's cool for me to get to play something like that. And it's, it's totally separate from my agriculture world because there's so few of us in agriculture. I don't know if that's because in... Farming families, you grow up, you just generally don't play music. You play sports instead. So having yeah. grown up playing music in a musical town. Oh, playing it. the trumpet doesn't really help you throw bales in the mouth uh, <laughs> <laughs> <in> <mile laughs> no. when it comes to yes. uh, bailing yeah. season. Yeah. And then uh, this weekend I'm playing with uh, on the my old band, the band that used to oh, play yeah. with, the, On the ah. Rocks. Um, we're playing in Fond du Lac somewhere at the Eagles Club or something. Okay. playing Saturday afternoon. So again, what? try to learn 45 songs and, and hope that your notes are right and hope that you know that what whatever that head bob is that the bass player did that you're supposed to know what that means and and uh yeah love playing music love, what's your
0: favorite song that you get to play when you do these gigs like, what's my favorite, favorite song style or you know what do you what do you really get into that gets you pumped
2: um i think i think there's a song there's there's fbi does a lot of don't laugh whatever but uh there's a whole bunch there's a couple different Stevie Wonder songs that they do okay and they're so funky and groovy that when you're playing them on the drums you really get to have fun with it you really get to 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 lay down the groove and play funky and uh, yeah I think there's a there's a like I'll wait by Stevie Wonder and superstition and and the other thing is there's not a lot of bands quite frankly there's there, nobody in Eastern Wisconsin is playing Superstition by Stevie Wonder and playing it correctly. So it's just cool to get to play, to hear those guys squealing like that and playing it perfectly. It's a neat, it's a privilege to get to be part of that because there's not a lot of bands that are doing that in a club or festival level. Um, So, yeah, I would say my favorite songs to play are probably some of those harder, like Stevie Wonder funk songs. Those are cool. Yeah. Yeah, and the irony is that the, the... there's one thing I've learned is that people going to see people going to see bands, the average person going to see bands, they'll they they think it they think it's cool if I throw my drumstick up in the air and catch it. Oh. <laughs> okay. I, I did that in fifth grade, all right. And like I get yelled at by my band director in fifth grade when I would do that and be hot dogging back there playing whatever. Good King Wenceslas, or whatever, you know, whatever you're playing in fifth grade. Does
1: every band teacher hate the drummers? Yes. I, think that, I that. think that is a
2: pretty
0: common thing. <laughs> yeah. I know ours
2: always refer to them as the concussionists. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes. And, and, and people at a gig think that's cool, and they'll say something, oh, that's kind a cool, man. Like, oh, yeah, that's, mm, you know, did you, and then I, I always think, like, well, did you notice the five. Song Chicago medley that I had to memorize that was twelve minutes long that I have to play along with a click track that has to be perfect and there's five tempo changes and three time signature changes and anything you know nobody 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 yeah, th- like, what yeah, yeah. I, mean, I would never say it, but that's what I always like it sounded really cool Oh, yeah. play with one arm like <laughs> Jeff Leppard.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. exactly <laughs> that, that's,
2: that's yeah it's, it's it's such a it's such what 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 the what the audience thinks is cool and appreciates is. Is has no correlation whatsoever with the the things in the music that require the most time. The technical The technical, that, yeah. right. There's there's no correlation to those things whatsoever. So, yeah, that's... Uh, and you have to sort of just accept that as a musician. Like, nobody's going to give you props. Nobody's going to pat you on the back for playing the hardest, most technical thing that takes days to perfect. It's just... But you throw your drumstick in the air. Whoa, that was really cool, man. <laughs> like... It's just part of the gig, or part of the part of the. How of often the do people just yell more cowbell? It's it's it gets old. Let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> it gets really yes, yes. Do you have a cowbell? I the, do. You, when I, I play with on the rocks, yes, because yep. we have to play uh, working for the weekend. Yeah, so the, okay. the, the, the yep. Chris Farley song. Okay. Yeah, everybody's it, working for the weekend. Yes, yeah, you, you have weekend. to. Have it starts. You have to have a cowbell for that. Yep. So, um, and yes, if if you're lying, if you say that when you hear that song, you don't think because of. Chris Farley and Patrick, Patrick Swayze on Saturday. I know I do. Every time we play it, I, I think of... Yes. Yeah. It, yes. I do have a cowbell. So, yes. That's pretty much the only song I have to use in it. So.
1: Bill, you left out the most important part about this new London festival.
2: It was called Rock, the Rock and Corn, and Corn festival. festival. I didn't quite I, get that...
3: We I, did I have was, corn.
1: Okay, because there's in the logo is literally like a corn cob. Is that really holding a guitar? That corn I, cob I, is
3: ripped, dude. Look yeah, at the guns on that thing. <laughs> so you
2: didn't have to play the drums with corn cobs.
3: I did not have to play with corn cobs. I, I got to eat corn after kay. I was done. Playing so it was playing like drums. It was like their take on the Sweet oh, Corn Festival. It's
1: a cornhole tournament with it. Is that Uh-oh. what it is? Um, I, that's what it. The I'm just
3: the drummer. Man. Man. Well, it did yeah, not sure. compete with the Freedom Wrestling Cornhole <laughs> Tournament. So
2: <laughs> I just show up with my drums at a given time and place and leave the the details to the band leaders. But what,
3: what would you say is your favorite festival club, bar to play at?
2: Um boy, this one that we um That's a good question. What is my favorite club or bar to play at? I'm trying to think where we played last year. Um boy, this one this festival that we did this weekend, that was That was fun. good. Yeah, that was people were really into it and the crowd really got into it. Yeah. I also played uh, my. I played my first wedding last year. Okay, really? and I swore I'm like wedding I'm never doing. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to be the wedding singer. I, I, I'm never going to do this. I'm not going to play. And then they say, can you do this gig? Sure. And then they find out. Oh, it's a wedding. I'm like, oh god. Like, what if my friends find out I played at a wedding? <laughs> and uh, up in Sturgeon Bay, and Ooh, uh, that'd be fancy up there. It was the. It was really one of the most enjoyable gigs I've ever done. It was so much. Hey, fun. Everybody's happy at a wedding. Everybody's happy at a wedding. Everybody's dancing. Everybody's. Pretty drunk and it was a blast. It was so much genuine fun to Were you paying meatballs?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did the grandma come up and be like, Here you go. go. Stick (laughs) out chance.
2: No, that I I I think of all the gigs I've played, that was probably one of my favorite gigs I ever was the one wedding. That is very shocking. Uh, Uh, Likewise. uh,
3: I I I don't know. I think it makes perfect sense. Everybody's happy at a wedding. There's nobody complaining at a wedding. Nope. Well, the mother of the bride usually, but (laughs)
2: It was so much. It was just a blast. How and long
1: it, of a gig is that? I it was mean, like you three hours. It was, it'd be a long yeah, because it's the it's Three hours
2: and, and, and uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, it was just a blast. And I, I remember looking. Uh, we had the whole dance floor. The whole dance. I got to make this PG. The whole dance floor is just hopping. And uh, you end a song. It was probably like Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars. Right. Everybody's out there dancing and loving that. And uh, the next song was a uh, was Susudio by Phil Collins, which <laughs> Total su- th- su- right? Studio. Like nobody wants like, the dance, f- and I'm and uh, the bass player who's standing next to me looks down at the set list and goes, "Oh, it's a studio." And geez, why don't we just play the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald while we're <laughs> at it? <Yeah. laughs> so fortunately, you know, hey, I would be, request that at that. my wedding, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so fortunately, though, know, the band leader like quickly says, "Skip that, skip that," and then we, I don't, remember and you were we like,
0: played, "I want to play in the air tonight."
2: There you go. Yes, yes, do 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 Yes, quintessential. Yes. You have to air drum. State law. When, when In the Air Tonight comes on, you have to air drum, air drum, do that. Yeah. Yes. And
0: have Mike Tyson punch you in the face. Yes. But anyway. Yes. Uh, woodworking is also one of your passions. I know that. Yeah. What's your uh, what's project right now? What are you working on?
2: Uh, we are finishing up uh, a hutch for our dining room. Okay, so yeah, oak, cherry, what ash. Was, ash, ash. Oak. Special thanks to the emerald Ash borer for <laughs> for killing, providing, me with yeah, all for, the wood. Pro- providing me there, for a lot of inexpensive lumber. There's
1: many a tree going down. It's, my my neighbor's whole backyard he just tore down last weekend. Just yeah,
2: ash Borer is it is, is the is real right thing. Yeah. yeah, and I feel bad because so many of my colleagues and friends are always saying, "Hey, I have I'm taking down this walnut. Hey, I'm taking down this oak. Do you want it?" And I I must have turned down twenty five ash trees in the last two years, because I sure i they're just everywhere they're just dying, so to all my friends and colleagues, please keep offering me trees, uh, but I just don't need any ash right now because it's <laughs> it's everywhere you can buy it almost as cheap as you can have it milled so, um, yeah, yeah, this one did come from a colleague's swamp, the one that I made the the ash out of, so, okay, from my friend and colleague over there in Valders the you want so yeah, it's
0: so, very cool, yeah so is that something I know you know we always when i talk to you it's your wood shop but it's melissa your wife getting in there she does a bit. all
2: she does all the finishing all the finishing all she's a master at that and she's also kind of the designer okay she's the one that's coming out saying can you coming to me with a pinterest thing thing can you build this <laughs> and even if i can't i say sure yes i can sure yes yeah, dear so, yeah so yeah 15 years ago we started when she came to me with a picture of a bench like this simple little craft bench and I think we can make this. Oh, take a saw
3: and you kind of made it. And. I will say, following the uh, wood shop, uh I'll call them escapades on Facebook. I can, I can like totally hear the conversations between you and your wife as you explain it through Facebook. And I'm like, "Yep, no, I can imagine this whole, how exactly how this conversation goes down." Yep, I can hear it in my head.
2: <laughs> I appreciate that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's how a,
0: badly do you want it to look exactly like that? Yes, yes. There's a
2: lot. Yes, yeah. yes. Can't really. A, I don't, yeah, I don't really know how to do that thing. Like, I can fake that, but yeah, yeah. We were also having the conversation the other day that we woodworking is the way you do woodworking is backwards. When you learn, when you're starting out, I mean, I am so thankful to have ten fingers. Granted, I started with twelve, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, uh, at least uh, even then. But yeah, uh, but you know, when you start out, you don't know what you're doing, and then you have the really, really crappy tools. You have the hundred dollar table saw that isn't square and doesn't have flesh sensing technology and everything is dull and like, it's a amputation waiting to happen when you're learning and that's when you need the, 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 the better, better tool, you wish right. you should have yeah. the be- I should have the had the better tools. tools yes. Yeah. Now, 15 years later, I have a better, now I, now I've built the arsenal over 15 years and have nicer, safer tools with the technology. Now I don't need it
3: as badly, but
1: Yeah. I believe even like venting stuff, I'm sure you
3: did, you know. Venting. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> and started, You're not supposed to breathe in sawdust? Yeah, yeah, like
2: you can't. I used to, I remember that, like, oh, I can barely see the other side of the shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now I have masks and dust collection and filters. And, yeah, right. Yeah, there's yeah, that's venting.
1: Yes. I, I remember that day you got that nicer table saw and you were telling me of, yeah. I believe you tested could, it with a hot dog. Yeah, I did not could,
2: test it with a hot dog. If anybody, and I get the question all the time can I come over and. Put a hot dog. Yes, you can, and so. But bring me a new blade and a hundred dollar cartridge. So you have to, yeah, yes, replace have that have whole replace the cartridge and give, yep. be, give me, Then you're more than welcome to run a hot dog through my table saw. Yes, but yeah, and I haven't triggered it yet. I'm actually pretty. Really, that's good. that yes, is I've not, not triggered it
1: because I feel like your guard would go down a little bit. That. It does, yeah. Like you, uh,
2: when I, it, you do stuff really.
1: Like, oh, that was kind of dumb, but eh, whatever. yeah, what you, yeah, you're, yeah. You're not, you're, yeah. It's I like, would it's never like have the, f- like the PTO guard that you yeah. that guys grab and then walk over. Or and I guess it, that's
0: the upside to learning with the shittier tools is you're more worried about you're, losing you're, a limb, yeah, so yeah. you're more careful.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely take more chances with this saw than I would have with my Craftsman hundred dollar one that I got. Yeah, you know. from three fingered Willie. From three fingered, yes. Yeah. No, it's good stuff.
0: Well, let's get into the meat of what we're here to talk about. So what are silage inoculants? So
2: it's probably everybody's least favorite topic to talk about um, in the, the, whatever, in the farming, in the technology world. So silage inoculants, all they are is bacteria. You are inoculating your forages with a specific strain of bacteria because we know what that bacteria will do in fermentation. So the best the best way to illustrate it is that when your milk leaves the farm and it goes to what's the cheese factory here in town? Belgioso. It goes to Belgioso. One day, the same load of milk goes into the same vat and they add a starter culture and a bacteria and they make mozzarella cheese. And the next day, the same truck picks up the same milk, goes to Belgioso and they make cheddar cheese with a diff because they use a different starter culture and a different set of bacteria because they know what's going to happen when they add that bacteria to the to the milk and it makes a different variety of cheese and that's the same thing we're doing with inoculant is you're adding the strain of bacteria to your corn silage because we know that it drives the fermentation in a positive way so to speak that's all it is in a nutshell it's simply inundating it with bacteria in, in a bacteria that we know what it does to, to control, sure, you have it. an
0: expected result, yeah, because of the bacteria you're using. Yeah.
2: So how does that change?
0: how does if if at all it change when you go say from a upright silo to a harvester to a bunker to a just a pile? Is there a lot of difference there? Not, or?
2: not really. Other than um, upright silos, when you get towards the top, they're not packed as well. You simply don't have the compaction, so you have more air, so you have more chance for things to go south. Same with a silage bag that things don't pack as well as they do in a well-managed pile or a well-managed bunker. So it's even more important to use an inoculant in those situations, as well as it's even more important to use a upper-end inoculant, some that have some extra bacteria or some extra more extensive strains that do some even more specific things because you're in the situation where there's more likelihood for things to go south because there's more oxygen there that's a good question
1: yeah that, matt that was like a question where you ask and like that's a weird dumb question
2: but that's what
1: i feel like with inoculants like Thanks, nobody Chad. nobody I, it was a good question i i'm just saying that nobody talks about inoculants for some reason it's almost like when we talk about fermentation and beer and you brew your own beer and you're you're like cool or something or make your own wine in your basement but when it comes to, like, silage inoculants, it's, like,
2: just... And it's got it's, it in a bad rap. I, I mean, let's I, let's call is it... Is that what it I, is? I think so. Okay. I mean, it's, and, and the other part of it is that sometimes you can't physically see the results. So you're spending money on this, and you don't, you know, how do I know if it's working? How do I know right. if it's working? So right. that's it's, the other...
1: And like to Matt's question, I'm like, why would it matter what you're in? But obviously it does, and I didn't even think that that would be a thing. So yes, that.
0: So when you when you mention higher end inoculant, what are what are the stages, I guess, of inoculant when you're you're saying there's a higher end versus lower
2: end? Or yeah, so so, and I'm gonna make sure that I promised you guys I wouldn't turn this into a Chris Hansen commercial. <laughs> um,
0: We've been trying to reach you about your extended inoculant <laughs> warranty. <laughs>
2: um, so. It, so one so one term that 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 uh uh an inoculant user might be familiar with is Buchneri. as a some what's
1: weird when you say it is el Buchneri is like yes. the only thing that i knew in inoculant world like that's that, it. that's very common like right? that's it is like oh yeah it's got el bookneri you yeah that guy life. that guy al is really awesome yeah no al Buchneri. <laughs> no, it's, okay. okay it's just el Buchneri. Al Buchneri. I get okay, get it gotcha. but at one meeting i was like yeah, this Al-, Al Buchneri seems like a really swell fella. So
2: he he is he is. So what Al Buchneri is is simply a a let's see that would be a species. I hope I got that right. It's a it's a species of Lactobacillus that all it does is when it ferments. Again, we know what the what they do is L. Buchneri makes extra acetic acid, and acetic acid is then works as a preservative when you feed it out so it lasts longer. It stays cooler longer because you're adding more acid to it. So imagine a lot of a lot of dairy producers will use a TMR saver in summertime. When it gets hot, they'll add a preservative right into the mixer. They're adding acid. They're adding acid to control the yeast, the yeast and molds and keep it from heating. Well, L-Buchneri is simply... Using a strain of bacteria to manufacture its own acid to stay cooler, longer. So it's a very it's very common. A lot of our a lot of the inoculant that we sell has our strain of L. Buchneri in it. So yeah, and there's other there's other strains that ferment more quickly. There's other strains that scavenge oxygen more effectively than others. There's other ones that'll control. Um, butyric acid, the nasty, stinky stuff, and halage when you make it too wet, which we've all done. Um, you know, those are the sort of add-on, tricked-out things with inoculants that, okay. that you can spend a couple extra pennies per ton to get the additional benefits.
0: What's the best way to go about the inoculant? Is it adding it as you're harvesting? Is it post-harvest? Is it waiting a week? And then, you know, what's, where, where's the window usually that
2: you would so see it we, applied? right as it's being harvested... Um, you're adding something. Um, you're adding some. You're adding two grams per ton. So if you think about that, that's
3: wow. near no, that's nothing. nothing. Yeah,
2: um, it's lower know.
1: than some like our herbicide rates. If you right. think about, oh, that, yeah. like the quantities and the, yeah, yeah, that's it's,
2: it's, It isn't much. So you're adding that as you're harvesting the crop, but then you're also relying on that two grams. Then becomes four, which becomes it, it's 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 cumulative. Yeah, cumulative cumulative. Yeah, you're 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 well, changing be you exponentially go- growth. Expon- yes. yep. Expon- yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. So, that means- yeah, right it right as you're uh, right as you're chopping, you're adding that bacteria right to it. But it's I mean, it's you think of you think of a uh, what a cloth chopper harvest in uh, in an hour. I mean, there's there's machines that'll chop 400 tons in an hour. So imagine that that harvester silo is probably 500 right out the window. I don't know, 5 600 right. tons. Essentially, you'd fill it in an hour and a half. That's where we're at with some of these machines. And, yeah, you're only adding a few gallons of stuff, and you're adding, you know, you're only adding a few gallons, but that's enough to, to get that growing, to get that environment changed bacterially. On the, on the cellular level, you're getting that. That's enough to get the thing started, to start growing that bacteria, to, to control how something ferments. Do you ever
1: have problems with keeping that bug alive on the chopper? Like I've seen farmers get ice and dump absolutely. it in there and I wish I would have thought, thought, known thought, this earlier. Well, yeah. and I always thought that was interesting why well in a lot of these on the choppers it's right by the exhaust where uh-huh. it's heating up. Right like next was, to the thousand horsepower
2: engine I, right. in a black plastic tank. Yeah. I, right. Was, like
1: right where you're getting the opposite effect where you probably just put a bunch of dead bugs on mm-hmm. if you didn't do yeah, it
2: right. Absolutely. Yeah, you think you 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 wash your hands in hot water to Kill, kill the, the bacteria. bacteria. Yeah. Um, so it's the same thing when, with silage inoculants that we we saw in our lab about hundred degrees.
3: That's where that's we start where the, to see wow, which that the isn't diode. that, that isn't much. You no, take, putting that tank next to the exhaust, it gets to hundred degrees pretty pretty, really quick, pretty quick right there.
2: Yeah.
1: If yeah. any of the chopper manufacturers come out with a, a system know, that like actually a refrigeration works, refrigeration process or so, you know something on there that Is would
3: a, the igloo cooler I, next it, to the cab, right. it, yeah. we. Kind of sad
0: that a pull type chopper is a better it, well, positioning in a way, than a yeah, because you don't have yeah, no well, heat source. I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna we I'm gonna walk through this minefield very, very <laughs> carefully. Um uh, I beg you I beg all of my customers and colleagues get the igloo it's called a dorman applicator yep. is the brand. We don't uh it's not something that we manufacture or whatnot, but just get the igloo cooler, it's super simple and it's insulated. Whereas the like the the John Deere one is uninsulated. It's next to the motor, and next to the motor, but whatever. It's it's not insulated, and it's it's size. The the size of the tank doesn't correlate with any manufacturer's size of their packaging. If that makes sense. Yeah. In other words, tank, oh, yeah. everybody we all manufacture for all intents and purposes. It's- everybody manufactures in five hundred ton packages. So, two of those and ten gallons in an igloo, and you're good to go for a thousand ton, and the. Peep the good. My good friends at John Deere decided to make an eight-gallon tank. So you can't really, you can't. It's yeah. the one eight, and a half. It's the eight, packages eight, hot, yeah. yes. eight yeah. hot dog
1: buns with. Yeah, the,
2: yeah. The, there's a good. Yeah. That's a good. Yeah. That's what it is? A dozen hot dog buns <laughs> with eight <laughs> right. hot dog. However, yes. Yeah. As well as, and, and to their credit, it's all designed to be metered in as the crop flow changes, which is great. That's wonderful. Well, so that'd be good, uh, but now you're also talking. Computer techie stuff that can break and and go hooey and need to be reset and whatever not and whereas so you have to change it from met to metric you know do a bunch of math whereas so what you're saying is it could get too technical for for especially a for fairly me, simple yes. application yeah. yeah whereas the dormant applicator just sits there and turns it's it's just a little squeeze pump like your uh, your milkhouse soap pump whatever you want to call it you know just yep. uh, can't think of the word escapes me peristolic is that the right word peristolic pump is that the right yeah it's just super simple and uh they last so yeah so yes please i beg of all of my all of my <laughs> colleagues just buy yourself uh the Dorman applicator and hopefully in time both class deer and crone will come out with a better applicator i just <laughs> yes, always so. thought
1: that was interesting to me when we watch watching pour ice in these in getting these systems that Super. They're, they're the they're the exact opposite of how you'd want them to be designed. It, is there is there a too cold that you can get? No, nope. with most of the right. So, nope. it's just you can't get them too hot and you kill them. You just, but the yep. cold side, correct? They just yep. yeah.
3: You, you look at this million dollar piece of equipment and then they <laughs> yeah. strap an igloo cooler yeah, to the right. side. Yeah, and yes, like, yes, yes. Yes. this might yes. be the most expensive part of this whole system <laughs> right. here.
2: Yeah, that, that's there's a lot to be said for that. Yes, you have a million dollar chopper and then. He's strapping a glue cooler on the side with a little whoop, little, little yeah. pump there. Yeah, that's yeah, but uh, yeah, and then um, um, the other part is the cleanliness of it. As far as when you're talking about keeping bugs alive, is that yeah, I mean the if there, if you don't clean your inoculant system, if you let that get all nasty, well, now you have different strains of bacteria that are now may be fighting with the good strains that you're putting in really? your. I didn't Your even think of that yeah. at
1: all. It, yeah. Bill, My, our brains somewhat are going, here's some of these inoculants are coming into the agronomy world. And when I say that it's in our pop-up fertilizers, in-furrow fertilizers, there's more bacteria being used to do things. Wonderful. Uh, right. And But all of what you're saying, we got to learn on the agronomy side is right. not let it heat up and kill it. I never even thought of that, of all the other stuff you got in there that could be either adversely affecting your bacteria. So what you're saying
0: is with our greasy fingers, we shouldn't <laughs> be keeping beer in the ice in yes, the inoculant tank yes. and then reaching in there and just adding more germs to the... Correct, yeah.
2: yes. Yeah, and the other one that, you, that, you, well, that I've seen, the other common mistake, I guess I would say, is that the custom operator shows up and says, oh, we, uh, we just finished up at Joe Blow and he uses brand X. We'll just run that out. Or, or worse yet is... He's got a little bit of that in the tank. We'll put we'll the put Christian Hansen with, with, right with it. The top. Yeah. Yeah. We'll and, put our
1: bugs with their bugs, yeah, and they'll well, fight it out to the death.
2: And, <laughs> it's pretty bu- yeah, 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 and you, you never know that those, I mean, we but the amount of research that goes into putting an inoculant together, part of that is the the combination. Will it work, you know, if you put three strains of, of inoculant together, I mean, that takes years of research to come up with that. So when Joe Blow <laughs> takes his brand X and then throws ours in so with that and, and, like, I never thought of that either. Right? Not,
1: not simpatico.
0: Right. 60% of the time, it works every day. <laughs> and the
1: and the yes. custom a- applicator acts like he's doing you a favor. like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, we I got, we this got, hey, we you got free free You're, free yeah, ten, you're ten, welcome. Yeah, yeah. I got this free stuff
2: that'll kill all your stuff. So we're, we're and, set. And then what happens is, the, what the worst case scenario then is it gels. Like oh, those two yeah, make a, yeah. you know, I'm trying <laughs> some
0: like sort of goo. Some yeah,
2: goo. And then, well, you know, then it plugs up. And then custom operator, you hope that he at least tries or, you know, yeah, you hope that it but uh, there, nobody's or, happy yeah. doesn't just say oh
1: the inoculus system's down we're not
3: doing we're it. not doing it yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so
1: what's the best way to clean the system just
2: flush hot water this is my through? this is the question i was yeah. waiting for i
3: would assume bleach in that system is not what you want bleach
2: it's alright to use bleach if you long just rinse sure. like rinse and then yeah, the other one is some clr oh yeah some hmm. clr because there is some sediment some carrier that comes with with, with a lot you know with that the, the the mixing you know the the uh Whatever, the carrier, yes yeah. the 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 desiccants and the oxygen scavengers.
1: Do, do many people use CLR on their sprayers? To clean those out. But with all these guys having stuff hanging up in the lines, you no, mostly ammonia. The, but it, they make but tank yeah. tank cleaner. Yeah, yeah right. I
3: don't. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen an inoculant system cleaner. Do they? I assume there's got to be one somewhere. Maybe not. Not.
2: We probably should. Quite frankly, but yeah. generally <laughs> we just uh, we tell people to a uh, little tiny bit of bleach and then water, lots, and then rinse sure, it, rinse that, it. and then. Uh, and then maybe over. And then if you if you have some sediment that that CLR seems to work and again, how, then you run water through it after that.
1: Sure. How often do you got to clean? Like not every day. Like we'd like guys to
2: there on a dormant applicator. There's a there's a rinse bottle. Okay. So during, so every day, every day. I mean, it really? Takes, okay. Takes two seconds. No, I to thought get you'd and, say,
1: well, when corn salad season's done, and yeah, we would it. just. But I suppose it's sitting overnight yep, and that settles you, out. Yeah, right. Yeah. So
2: yeah, at the end of the day, just. Turn that valve on your dormant, and whoosh, it'll run some water through, and that's, yeah. you're good to go. Yeah, and sure. then after every crop, yeah, be washing that. That thing needs to get that needs to get cleaned, cleaned out. out yeah. Right. Again, right it's when slide you bacteria. The,
1: right when you're switching.
0: Spill. So this yeah. year's been interesting to say the least. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. There's some some uh, rather disparate cornfields across the, yeah. the geography of Wisconsin. So do you think that inoculants going to play a bigger role this year, less of a role, or what, what are your thoughts on how inoculant fits into knowing that this corn silage harvest in particular has the potential to be pretty uneven, wet, maybe wetter yeah. than we normally would have?
2: Okay, so that's a really good question, and uh, you're, just go with me for a second here. So um, the be- your best return on investment with inoculant Is preventing things from going south. So the better job that we do in siling, packing, maturity selection, variety, any any, everything that we do, everything that we can possibly do to make silage better, um, it I don't want to say it lessens the need, but let 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 me phrase it the opposite. Everything that we, anything that might go south, it's too dry, it's too wet. It's to uh, uh, cut too long, there's some toxin, there's some rust, there's uh, whatnot. Any one of those factors is a factor that can make the, the silage ferment poorly than it already could. So we add inoculant to counteract those negative effects. So you take a year like this where it's going to kind of be all over the place... And the answer would be, yeah, it's probably even more important this year than on the corn silage than not. The biggest one would be if you have hail damage. That seems to be a place where we don't, yeah.
1: I've never heard that either. Yeah, you, and there's been
3: the last couple of weeks, here... some pretty. And
1: uh, not enough hail damage to cause a lot of problems, but I could see enough hail damage to cause problems it's fermenting you know is it more hail
3: damage or is that a correlation to the disease that follows hail damage that yeah if
2: i'm if i'm understanding it correctly yeah, yeah it's that it's the the fact that you're tearing and injuring the you
3: know, a lot of necrotic
2: tissue that. on hail damage corn yep. yes i'll just shake my head and pretend yeah. i know what that <laughs> means but yes yeah that's
0: uh, would you say when you look at inoculant it's it doesn't change your application rates or anything like the fact that we know things are probably going to have a higher rate of going south this year versus in an average year, typical year we may not expect things to go south, mm-hmm. but it's
2: more, maybe oh, yeah. more it's of an a really good question. We, all of the research that we've done, at least at Christian Hansen is at a specific rate. And so we don't advocate for doubling rates or going half rates it's designed like it's your insurance policy that it's two grams per ton in the best of times and the worst of times just again all all the research we did didn't show much of a benefit to increasing or decreasing that rate that seemed to be the sweet spot for our strains another manufacturer who has different strains might have other recommendations but yeah we 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 manufactured them to just be very simple and it's whether whether you're chopping uh, uh, borderline, you know you're you're chopping hay with a big green cloud of doom as we call it. When it's too dry, it got away <laughs> yeah. from you. Um, whether you're doing that or whether you're chopping the most perfect thirty eight percent dry matter haylage with no rain the day after it got cut, it doesn't matter. It's so. So yeah, it's a good question, but yeah, that's 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 how that's. Yeah, we we try. So, yeah, to keep
0: it. it's it's not a good idea to up your rate because oh things are going to be crappy this year. But just put more of it out there. What you're saying is the way what you've seen in research is just, just stick with sure your typical rate. rate. Just, just make sure. do it. Yeah. Right. Just do the, it. The Don't the worry test. about upping or lowering. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yep. Okay. Just keep. Just make sure you do it. Yeah. As much as I would love for everybody to use, you know, about a quadruple rate would be good. I think for <laughs> to, for for my for my territory sales numbers that would be nice. Um, but no, it was it's it's basically it's it's same so yeah okay. yeah um, the other part that i would that i would say is that when you talk the other the other the other uh, what a piece of advice or the other suggestion is that uh, it's very easy for one manufacturer or one salesperson to say oh well your company has lactobacillus plantarum well ours has lactobacillus plantarum too so ours is the same well Todd Schomburg is a Homo sapien, and Jennifer Aniston is a Homo sapien, <laughs> and you're a handsome man. Don't get me wrong here, but you're no Jennifer Aniston, right? So, so, um,
3: so yet. it's yeah, yeah. So
2: <laughs> it's uh, these these things are highly researched. You know, you if you're you know buy your stuff from a reputable company that's doing their research and realize that they've selected very, very, very specific strains to do specific jobs with your forage program. And don't let somebody fool you of that well. It's the same. It's right. It's it's Buchneri. No, there's probably millions of different strains of Buchneri. It's uh, yeah. It's and that's again. It's another reason maybe that inoculant has gotten a bad rep over the years. That somebody pulls into your driveway and says, "Oh, we've got We're something. The we got the same thing." Yeah, I,
0: I think that's where we struggle struggled on the agronomic side. Is you have you know we talk about mycelium and all these different you know, bacteria in the soil and you're trying to get the good ones more present in the soil. But how do we know, like you just said, you could have the same thing, the same name for a bacteria, but they're two different bacteria. We're just kind of in that spot of looking at it as like, okay, well, is this really building what we want it to build or is it building something else that maybe we don't want? And you, you guys have the research, you've done this, you know, inoculum has been around for a while. Mm-hmm and so it's good to have that that backing, whereas I, I feel like I don't know what you guys think on the agronomic side, but it seems like there's a lot of push just to get something out from a lot of these companies right. and we're, so it's we're we do not have as much research as the, the nutrition side has, and that's that's
3: made it difficult to we're in the early stages of the of the uh biological uh rena- agronomic, renaissance. Yeah. yeah yep. So yes, I would agree it's very um there 's a lot of stuff right now on the agronomic side, and about half a year 's worth of research that was all done in house and you know some of that kind of stuff, so yeah we 're behind the curve on that
0: and, and i don 't know how, if this translates to the nutrition side at all, but w- what I found interesting this winter at a meeting was we heard from three different nitrogen building bacterias there are three different bacterias they all operate in different parts of the plant. But they all do the same thing they're supposed to boost your nitrogen. Is that on the nutrition side like is there a big difference in like the the eye versus someone else's strain of maybe of, of something else that it'll do the same thing that your inoculant's doing It just operates differently
2: uh i'm going to go prop not 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 so much maybe on on the uh probiotic side, maybe that's the case where some different products have some different mode of action. But but generally speaking, with inoculant, it's it's they all are they're all trying to drive and control a positive fermentation. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of the research, and again I promise not to make this, you know, a commercial whatnot, but the I'm glad you brought that up in the sense of it's I'm sure you're seeing that where some some company clown like myself will come in here and and, and put a pamphlet in front of you say look at this research look at how much better my product is and it's a bar graph and you say where was that research done and they say well we I, at joe's farm down the road and you're like oh so you hired an outside independent company to, to well no we just we just took the combine in the way wagon and we made some passes and i made you this nice graph and I, mean, we, I, I see that in 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 uh, so somebody will put a pamphlet in front of a customer and say, "Look how much more lactic acid this my inoculant produced versus my competitors." And I mean, it's 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 essentially not worth even the like. Yeah, no, you need show me the university that signed off on that. Show me the peer review. Like, yeah, it, there's uh, don't be fooled by somebody just putting a bar graph in front of you just. And thinking, yeah, I mean, if you're going to evaluate... It, it'll be the same thing as you guys develop into the world of bacteriology of, of or the bacterial additives. Is that the right way to say it, that you're starting to work with? Is that, yeah, I mean, you guys have a whole research division. You know how... how You know what it is to do good research. right? As opposed to Joe Blow in a field with a white wagon saying, look at my results. Yeah, last
0: year we got five-bushel, be- and we added this, so it must be this. It must be this. this did, yeah, there you this go. get yes, it. it must so be what, yes. I don't know. You're crazy. It, this did it. It's, yeah.
1: I, would yeah. you guys agree biology is the hardest thing to research? Yes. To to say yes. If, say if it was in chemistry or- in, So like, it's so unstable. It's, yes. Right. It's, yeah. It's very different.
2: I yeah. lost, I lost a, an account a year ago because my competitor pulled in and took, looked at his forge sample and said, wow, your sugar levels are low in your halage. Your inoculant really sucks. And he bought it. You know, he, he <laughs> yeah. bought that. And, and it's, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you, like, compared to right, sure. what, you know, what, what, did it, what did it start at? How long did it sit in the field? Was it rained on? What, you know, there's a thousand different things that affected the sugar levels and, and uh, whatever. That's just one snapshot of, of, the, yep. of uh, you know, it wasn't, they didn't go to the University of Kansas and and do test five inoculants for sugar content, and lay this out in a control. Tr- no, it was one goober yeah. in a pickup truck showed up and said
3: we've never had a seed dealer show up and say the agronomist <laughs> should have put on more nitrogen. That's never happened. So <laughs> yes, I, yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. Yep, so, uh,
1: Bill, you talked about the different sort of strains. Are, are the rates so like of Buchneri? You know, you said your rates always the same, but when you talk competitors are, and I think they use the term CFUs.
2: Yeah. That's a, like, man, you, I couldn't have... Thanks, I, thanks for the softball, Todd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, explain that a little bit more. I so that rate was interesting, how to... Yeah, how it's,
2: it's it. a really good game that that inoculant sales goobers like myself can play. As you say, if you buy my inoculant, it's the same price as Brand X, but you have double the CFUs, the colony-forming units. So, obviously... It's a much better value. Yeah, it's a much better. You should. You're getting. A, you're getting twelve cans of Diet Mountain Dew instead of six for the same price. It's great. Uh, no, because it goes back to. It's a totally different product. You're. You're. It's the difference between how many Jennifer Aniston's equal how many Todd Schomburg's yeah. in the sense of.
1: Do they have diet mountain lightning? Because it'd be like getting yeah, it'd be like oh you get twelve diet mountain lightnings <laughs> yeah, but yeah you get only but you six only get six mountain diet Do- yeah, yeah diet Mountain yeah. Dews well
2: and and yeah. so they have a difference so my, the so one of my competitors has double the CFUs one of my competitors has half the CFUs is as their recommended rate and so be it they, it's a different strain they need double and they need half I don't of course you want to say yours is best but the idea that that yeah, that's a good analogy. Like you're, you're, you're it's not the same thing. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, they that game can all it means. I don't, yes, that I've lost my train of thought a little bit here, but yeah, it's just kind of a sales, sales gimmick yeah, thing.
0: I believe that. Well, See, yeah. I can do twice as much as him,
2: and yeah, yeah, it's okay. All of our research, all of our reams and reams and years and years of research, were done at 150,000 CFU. Like. That's where we found was the sweet spot. Because if you have too much and you make too much acid, well, now you're burning up extra dry matter that you may not do. Right. You know, it's, sure. there's that part. So.
0: so it's actually more of like the jolt cola to Coca-Cola. We <laughs> doubled the caffeine. That's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. Because now you had a heart attack. But.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and as long as we're on that, the other thing that I wanted to make sure I got in here was the other often heard thing. is, well, I make good silage and I don't use I- inoculant. Yep. That's often heard. And I have no I can't argue that. Okay. You can make you can make good silage without inoculant. Okay, I'm on record um, saying that. You yeah, you can. But however, that being said, University of Wisconsin research averages about two percent more dry matter recovery with inoculant. That's not just our good stuff, but over all the research they've done. So what that means is if you put a hundred thousand ton on your pile if you use and you're going to have shrink some of that product this some of that hundred thousand ton disappears as we because it ends up being fuel for For the for the fermentation you have you make a bunch of heat right when you ferment silage or haylage you make heat well that heat needs fuel the fuel is the silage itself so with inoculant you say you recover on average two percent more than if you didn't use one so instead of having 10 percent loss you only had eight instead of having six percent i probably won't even probably you know whatever whatever your pick your number instead of having 14 percent loss you only had 12 bare minimum so if what's corn silage worth 60 bucks a ton
1: it's a little lower than that right now, probably because corn's coming down, but right. that's still what it's costing guys. Dude, okay. Yeah. okay, let's so say let's, let's say sixty
2: dollars a ton. So if you can save two percent of that, that's a dollar twenty a ton. You can buy a that's that's you can buy a lot of inoculant. inoculant you can buy a yeah. really good inoculant for a dollar twenty a ton. Sure. And you you might never even if and you so if you throw out all the other benefits of using an inoculant as far as the quality of the fermentation, the quality of the feed—you throw that all out the window. If you concede that point, and you should at least end up with two um, percent more feed than if you did, which should more than pay for your inoculant. And so, yeah, all right. does that make sense? That does, yeah. and I did.
1: There again is another one. I you always think of it as a fermentation thing, not anything to do with shrink. I never. You I, yeah. I. I didn't know those correlated, and that would be a huge reason, right, to reduce if, your loss. Right, that would be, even if you put up good silage, like make yeah. sure you're doing the and, and dry
2: matter part. loss is one of those I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the corollary in, in agronomy as far as it's a buzzword Re- improves dry matter recovery with our product today, right? Like it's the old cheesy sort of standby, yeah. and we all just nod our head and but like well, what does that What does that mean? What is what? Well, what it means is that when you're you you is a loss of Forage when you ferment it, yep. so you are then reduced you are reducing that loss, you are making fermentation go a specific way you 're speeding it up and shutting it down more quickly so that we can stop burning up silage during the process
0: all right last question last we'll question wrap things up i don 't use an oculant. I want to start using an oculant. Is it better to start with haylage? silage doesn 't matter where where would you where would you go for someone who doesn't do doesn't do it at all but wants to start doing it? Is there a benefit one way or the other on either crop, or
1: is it the same? Or regardless? a certain inoculant to start? You know, what's right. The inoculant starter pack. So I, so I think
3: I'm just gonna say I have an answer. So i but I'm really interested, interested to hear your to answer. His answer. <laughs> so
2: with the university research, there's 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 enough research to be said that you'll get your money back and then some. Simply, simply with dry matter recovery. So you might as well put it on everything. Okay. That being said, haylage is, uh, or I should say legume silage. So alfalfa haylage is a difficult crop to ferment just by its very physiology. It ferments harder than corn silage, which has a whole bunch of fermentable carbohydrates that are really available that can make fermentation. And let's let's all agree, we've all seen more haylage piles turn the, to crap. Cr- yeah. Than
1: well, well, there's more harvests and more opportunities to really screw it up. Right? Yeah. So yes. Yeah.
2: So so if, if if a person never put a gun to my head and said, choose one or the other, I'd probably tell them the, the more visible one right off the bat might be on alfalfa halage just because <laughs> that is, like to, to Todd's point, there's more room for error. There's more things that can go south. Whereas corn silage, sure, you might be too dry or it might be too long, but chances are you're going to do it. Chances are there's a better chance you're going to do that right then. Chopping, you might chop a hail edge too wet or, again, have the big green cloud of doom and it's too dry or too long. Or get rained on for two weeks. Or get rained on for two weeks. Yeah. 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 No, I think that makes
0: sense. And I think hopefully, Max, was that your answer to that? No. My
3: answer was was hail damaged corn that we chopped at 72%. (laughs) Because that happens. It's going to happen. Like, there will be fields that come off like that. I yep. bet you there's one within five miles of the studio right now. Like, there will be one. So I would say that's your, that's your stress absolute, test right away. Yes, like, yeah. Let's see let's see, what, let's see what's behind this stuff, because we're going to really find out now.
0: But if you're fortunate enough not to have yeah. hail-damaged corn... No,
3: your ail- answer makes ailage. way more sense. Hailage might be
0: the way to go. All right. Well, thank you very much,
3: Bill. My pleasure.
2: Pleasure Thanks having, having you here. Thanks for having us. Did I say uh, us? Yeah. Yes. You, yes us good. We're all Inline here. You, just, you and your invisible You stole my tagline. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. Always a pleasure to, to, to chat with you guys. It's a, always a great time.
1: We appreciate it, Bill. The silage inoculants 101, I do feel, was, yeah. Yeah. I, was no, very, very educational.
3: Education. I learned uh, so much
2: about silage uh, inoculants yes. <laughs> today. <laughs> it's a lot like, I think it's, it is a lot like agronomy that just find somebody that you trust and have them help you walk you. Th- like, who, who really knows all the chemistry behind every herb? What, what, right. what, what person growing crops truly understands the chemistry And all the physiology and all the mode of action of all the herbicides they're using. So they call you guys. The same kind of thing with inoculant. Just find somebody you trust. Call them and come up with an inoculant plan. Plan, Rather than trying to decipher all the scientific literature and whatnot. That's my suggestion. Yeah.
0: No, that totally makes sense. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Matt. Thank you again to Bill Eberle for giving us a inoculant 101 this week. And... Tune in next week for another special interview. Thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming.